0: This is Church Alive's teaching of the week by Pastor Gene Emerson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We're continuing on today with our Peace of Mind series. Of course, we kicked it off 2 weeks ago. This is this is our third part today. Um, last week we talked about anxiety. And whenever we looked at anxiety, we looked at Jehoshaphat and what he did whenever he was in a really tight place, uh, in a place that probably all of us would have been freaking out. He had three nations coming against him, right? And we talked about the fact that he prayed and then he paused and then he praised. Uh, You know, this week I was putting this into action in my life. I had a little bit of a situation and I was bathing it in prayer and, you know, of course, thinking of, of how I should respond. And the Lord just said, wait. Thank you, Lord. then the Lord brought a solution. But I began to praise God for the solution that was coming. And he brought it. Amen. <laughs> and, and we need to do that as well. And so today we're, we're going to kind of hit another topic. And, and this one is, um, this is one that probably a lot of us can relate to. Y'all, we're going to talk about negativity today. So for all the Nancys, the negative Nancys, we're going to talk to you today. Now, I want to go ahead and first of all say I think it's very common for most all of us to be negative at times, all right? So it's not calling out any certain person or individuals or anything like that. I think it's very easy, especially based on the world that we live in right now. But I want to ask you a question today as we get started. Whenever you talk to yourself, what do you say? No, but seriously, whenever you're just talking to yourself, because whenever we're in vehicles, uh, maybe whenever we're on the lawnmower or that sort of thing, we often talk to ourselves, or maybe whenever we're doing something I don't know about y'all sometimes, you know, I might not be out loud, but I'm just talking to myself What are you saying to yourself? Just just not the normal stuff but the ongoing self-talk that you say over and over I Asked this because a lot of people really get stuck in kind of a negative rut or a negative loop and so they're always speaking negative things to themselves. For instance, whenever you make a mistake, are are you calling yourself an idiot? Or are you saying to yourself, I I can't do anything right? That's negativity. Whenever you describe maybe your financial situation, are you always just saying, well, I'm broke. You know, I've never had enough. Don't say that, by the way. We need to go right into a power of your words teaching right after this, don't we? But let's just get real for a minute, okay? Are, are you saying those types of things? Whenever you're in traffic, is everybody on the road except for you an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> or as it relates to, to relationships, do you have the attitude that, man, I can't trust anybody? I mean, is it just constant negativity whenever it comes to how you talk to yourself? And, and I ask this because, listen, what you say to yourself matters more than you can ever imagine, Whenever we look at uh, the Good News Translation of Proverbs 4.23, it says this, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Yes. You. Now, you've probably heard this in, like, for instance, the regular you know, New King James or something like that. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. But I like this translation right here, because your life is shaped by the way you think. So what you think shapes your life, and actually psychologists call this the the law of cognition. It's basically saying what you think impacts what you believe, which impacts how you feel, which impacts what you do. What you do. In our lives, y'all, they move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And the problem is, is that we say and we think a lot. As a matter of fact, we think all day long, don't we? And so whenever you think about that, if we're shaped by our thoughts and if our thoughts are nothing but negative, we're in trouble. I mean, seriously, we're, we're in trouble. Uh, there's a, a pastor by the name of Paul David Tripp that says this. He says, no one is more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to you more than you do. That's huge. You're the most influential person in your life. You may say, well, I've got somebody who's very influential in my life. They're not more influential than you are because you're talking to yourself all day long. And we got to think about that. And Sadly, a lot of people here are talking themselves into a life that's miserable and that they hate because of what they're saying to themselves. And I think all of us will agree, like, the world's getting a little more and more and more and more negative, is it not? I mean, it just truly is. In chronic negativity, it's an epidemic, y'all, and it's literally poisoning all of our mental health. Yeah. It, it truly is. And here's the thing. It's not just a practical issue because it's not one of these things that's like, man, you just got to see the glass half full and not half empty. It's not just practical like that. This is actually a spiritual issue. Yeah. Yeah. This is a spiritual thing, and we need to understand that today. So today, listen, I want us to understand one thing today, multiple things. Uh, It's this, that your thoughts have incredible power. Somebody say, my thoughts. thoughts. Have incredible power. power. That can be scary based on what our thoughts have been, but it's also good news as well because you have incredible power over your thoughts. So your thoughts have incredible power, but you have incredible power over your thoughts as well. So that's some good news right there. Some truth is, is that you and I, we are not victims. Y'all, we are not victims to our thoughts. That was worth another amen besides my wife. We are not victims to our thoughts. And because of God, listen, you can choose what you think about, which affects how you live. Paul says this in Romans eight, which is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Paul says this in verse five and six. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Then Paul gets real right here in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is what? Death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How many of y'all want life and peace? Life and peace. That's what we need. And if you find yourself y'all, hurting, if you find yourself broken, if you find yourself discouraged, then, then your mindset is, is not on the spirit. It, it's on the world. It's on the flesh in the world. Amen. But whenever you set your mind on the things of God, you can experience life and you can experience peace. Praise the Lord. And, and so today, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the fact that negativity is obviously hurting us. Uh, we're going to identify some different areas in our life Uh, of negativity that maybe might really ring true with you. And then we're going to make the change from thinking about that that brings death and changing our mindset to that that brings life and peace. Everybody good with that today? All right. So that's where we're headed today. Um, Neuroscience shows this, that negative events imprint on our brains more quickly and they linger longer than positive events. I don't think anybody will disagree with that. We can remember negative things more than we can remember positive things, like traumatic things. We can always hang on to that. Uh, just a quick question for you, which travels faster, good or bad news? It does. I mean, you can have something awesome happen in a town like McGee that's not real big. Like somebody could drive up and hand somebody a brand new car, like, like keys to you know a $50,000 vehicle. And the word on that will spread for a few days, right? Like, oh, wasn't that great? And everybody would be like, hallelujah, that was awesome. But if something negative happens, we're going to be talking about this for years to come. Right. And everybody's going to hear about it. Right? I mean, it's that way on social media. It's that way just in life. It's that way on the news. It spreads faster. Negativity always spreads faster. We have this negative bias. Um, if you've ever done something that was kind of nerve-wracking for the first time, Um, I don't know, like maybe you were in a piano recital. There's an idea. If you were in a piano recital and you did good, but maybe you just hit one bad note. You hit one bad note. And afterwards, you got like 10 people that said, great job, you did really well. But then one goober says, hey, I heard the bad note. Which comment do you remember? As a matter of fact, whenever somebody else was to ask you how to go, you'd be like, well, I hit a bad note. Because that's what you remember from the goober. That's the way we work. And y'all, I just want you to know that's, that's not the way we need to be thinking. Amen? We need that renewed mind. Another thing is, is whenever we get stuck in that negative rut, that negative loop, I oftentimes feel like um, they're in danger. They feel like there's always a threat. It's almost like a little bit of paranoia that tends to take place with people that are always negative. And, and the truth is is that whenever most of what we see on TV is negative, whenever most of what we hear from our coworkers is negative, or, or our friends and, and sometimes family, whenever it's negative, then what we say to ourselves, it begins to always be negative, doesn't it? That tends to happen. And so it becomes a habit. And so we put a negative spin on everything, we put a negative spin on everybody as a result because it becomes the normal way that we think. And, and once again, our thoughts, they have incredible power, but the good news is, is we have power over our thoughts. Amen. We're all prone to negativity. Can somebody just get honest with me today? We're all prone to negativity, but professionals say that, that there's like four big areas um, that people really normally fall into. Like maybe there's one big category that really um, connects with somebody whenever it comes to negativity. So we're going to go through these real quick. And these aren't necessarily points, these are just four, four categories today. And I want to see if uh, any of these make you say ouch, okay? This is just kind of a test. And if somebody wants to say amen at some point, you can say amen, but, but I'm going to kind of describe each one of them. Uh, the first one is cynicism, or basically relational cynicism, which is a general distrust for people and their motives. You don't trust anyone because they're always out for themselves. And by the way, people that struggle with this, it's often said that um, how you see others is a reflection of how you see yourself, actually. So there's that relational cynicism. Number two is negative filtering. You see what's always wrong in every situation and you have to point it out. You overlook what's good about something and you just always point out the negative thing about it. Uh, you, You pick things and you pick People apart, you're always assuming the worst conclusion about any kind of situation. And y'all, this can relate like to any aspect of your life. Uh, Regina and I like to get on cruise ships and and go cruise. And we know people that are like, well, we're not getting on one of those boats. You know, they've broke down before out in the Gulf of Mexico. (laughs) Well, fine, then stay at the house, we're getting on the boat. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, they're going to find something wrong with everything. But this even ties into things like that. It can be something like, you know, you call somebody, like Nolan the other day, Nolan Friday asked me to call him multiple times, and I just, I couldn't call him. And he could have just said, you know what, apparently Pastor Gene's just really mad at me right now. But he's not that kind of guy, of course. But some people, they would respond that way, right? And so that's negative filtering. Number three is absolute thinking. This is all or nothing thinking. If you've gone through a divorce, ladies, you may feel like all men are creeps. Um, Maybe the man feels like all ladies are this or that or liars or whatever. Uh, Let's get real just for a minute. Some people may say all Christians are hypocrites. It's absolute thinking. We'll we'll even get a little uh, dicier. All cops are bad. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper. All white people are wrong. All black people are wrong. All every whatever are wrong. That's what absolute thinking is. Everybody associated with this political party is wrong or that political party is wrong. And have y'all noticed that's kind of where our world has gotten since about, oh, I don't know, 2016? That's kind of where things have gone. There, there's this whole thing of either you're with me or you're 100% against me. And people will actually just write people off if they don't agree with them. But I'm going to get real with you just for a minute. A lot of this behavior is learned at home. And so if you got youngins, you need to watch what you say. You need to get your heart right with God if you're having this kind of thinking. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that is not the thinking of Jesus Christ right there. It's not the way God sees people, amen? But it is sickening that a lot of Christians, sometimes they have this way of thinking. And there's life beyond politics. Can I go ahead and just tell you? There's definitely life beyond it. As a matter of fact, Revelation 12 verse 10 mentions the accuser of the brethren. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Yet a lot of believers that call themselves Christians that show up in church are accusing others, writing others off, have this kind of thinking, and they're acting as accusers of the brethren. So I just want to go ahead and tell you, it's not the heart of God. It's not the heart of God. Number four, blaming. Uh (laughs) This is a fun one right here. Believing that you're always a victim. Poor you, you are always a victim. You don't have any control of your life and you can't get ahead because of everybody else and circumstances. Bless your heart. You could have done this. You should have done this. You would have done this. But poor you, something happened every time that prevented you from doing it. Amen. The fact is, there's a lot of people, they're always blaming. It's never their fault. Constant negativity. It's blaming. So did any of these stick out to anybody here? Amen. Now here's a question. A lot of you maybe thought of one of these applying to somebody you know, but did any of them apply to you? <laughs> there's good people in this church, but we ain't perfect come on now. We're not perfect. But, but if you find yourself just constantly getting jealous, y'all, I want you to know, or critical, if you're always assuming the worst, if you're hard on yourself or others, I want to ask you today, can you change? I want you to know you can change. You can change. You can go from being chronically negative to full of life and peace, just like the scripture said a minute ago. But I got to tell you this, it's work. It's just work. That's all there is to it. Whenever we look in 1 Samuel 30, David actually shows us how we can do this. Just kind of setting up this story for you. David and his troops had just, uh, they were returning home after fighting and they see that the enemy has burned their homes. Not only that, they've kidnapped their families. <coughs> Verse three, when David and his men reached Ziklag, that's where they were, that's where they were staying, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. Y'all, I want you to know these men were in agony. But think about it. They went home to a town, basically, that was burned to the ground. Wives were gone. Kids were gone. They didn't know if they were dead or alive. All their possessions, gone. So verse six, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking about stoning him. Each one of them was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So, so here's the thing. The men are, this is what they're thinking to themselves. David, we chose to follow you. We chose to fight for you. We just got back from a battle fighting for you. And look what just happened in our life. Anybody ever felt that way? You went to to help somebody, but then something happens to you. And all of a sudden, you're like ready to cut and run and be like, just forget it. These men, they weren't just ready to cut and run. They were ready to kill the guy who they had basically just given their families up for. So David's a little tore up on the inside. But get this. But David found strength. Somebody say strength. David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, in this avalanche of negativity, y'all, he somehow found strength. Somehow. And it wasn't just positive thinking that allowed him to find strength in the Lord. It was actually the presence of God is what allowed him to find strength in the Lord. By the way, the King James Version there, verse 6 says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And during this time where David's encouraging himself in the Lord, whenever he's finding strength in the Lord, we don't know what he said. We don't know what that looked like. You know, we don't have a microphone that recorded what came out of his mouth. But whenever you start to look in the book of Psalms, you'll see David on a regular basis saying certain things. For instance, in Psalms 103 verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things. David had to remind himself of God's goodness. He had to, to remind himself that God had a plan for his life. Here's something that I need somebody to hear today. God's got a plan for your life. And many of you, you know what God's called you to do. And you're moving towards it right now. God's not going to cut that short. You know, dad had direction as to what he was supposed to do with this church. and, And many of you guys know, years ago around 2006, we went through a battle. And I remember dad saying, you know what? I know what God's called me to do. And that will not be cut short by the plans of man. And so David had to remember, God called me to be king. God had me anointed to be king. David had to remember the fact that Saul had flung his uh, spear at him, and God had delivered him from that. David had to remember that he had fought Goliath, and God had delivered him from that. David had to remember that whenever he was in the fields, keeping watch over the flock, there was a bear and a tiger that the boy beat to death, With his hands and a club. And David had to think to himself at this point, this is not the end of it for me. This isn't the end of it for me. He he had to encourage himself in the Lord. Verse 8 of chapter 103, he says this, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Now, we've heard these words before. I mean, you say, yeah, I've heard this before. But he says something very similar in Psalms 86, 15. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Looks real similar, doesn't it, to what we just read? In In Psalms 145, 8, he says this, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. What? Slow to anger and he's rich in love. And so David said this multiple times. Y'all, this was his sermon, you could say. Like if he he was going to share about the Lord with anybody, this is probably what would come out of him. Let me tell you about my God. He's slow to anger. He's rich in love. And actually David got these words. He didn't come up with these on his own. He actually got these from God himself. Because these are the words that God spoke whenever God passed in front of Moses in Exodus 34. So he got these words that the Lord actually spoke down in his spirit. Whenever things got bad, they naturally came out. Here's me getting real with you. If we want to be able to encourage ourselves in the Lord, then we've got to get the words of God down in us. Down in us. Now just a quick story for you. We used to be in the cattle business and Regina loves it. Whenever I talk about the cattle business, I did the FFA thing in high school. Whenever we moved back from Florida and we did it before I ever moved or before we ever moved to Florida. And then we, we got back and dad wanted to get some animals. And so we, we showed cows. But with all that said, cows do something very interesting. Uh, Sheep actually do this too. They're what we call ruminant animals. In other words, they have a stomach that has four different chambers or four different compartments. Has anybody ever heard the word or the phrase chew the cud? Uh, everybody ever heard the word maybe regurgitate? Technically, the correct term is ruminate. And so what does that look like with a cow? Well, they, they get a big you know, mouthful of grass and they chew on it. And if you watch cows, they will just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it. You know, you would think it would almost be like gum where after you chew it for an hour, it's like, okay, I got to get rid of this. But no, they just keep chewing on it, Right. And then they do this thing where where they swallow it, but wait. That baby comes right back up for an encore. It's like part two, and we chew on it some more. And we chew on it, and we chew on it, and we chew on it, and then it goes down. But it's this process. As a matter of fact, cows do much of this at night. So while they're laying on the ground, you can see this. I mean, if you've ever had beef animals... While they're laying on the ground, that mouth is moving, yet they're not getting anything off the ground. It's chewing on what they may have gotten six hours earlier. Now, the question is, why do they do this? And it's just God and the way he creates things. It's just awesome the way God works. This allows them to get every, every ounce of nutrition out of whatever it is that they eat. Now, I want us to think about something today. We need to actually ruminate on God's word. Now, whenever I talk about ruminating, I I, I don't mean just reading a verse one time and saying, man, that was good, and then just going on. Because here's the thing, whenever you get into a fight, you're not going to remember that verse that you read eight months ago. Can we just get real? You know, I read some verses yesterday morning that some of them really stuck out, but some of them didn't. You all know what I'm talking about. So that means we got to go over it and over it and over it and over it. We go back to it. There's times in the Word, like for instance, I mentioned Romans 8. I love Romans 8, and there's certain Psalms that I go to, and it's just like my recreational reading. Have I read it 100 times? Yep, and I'm going to read it 101 because I love getting that down in my spirit, right? And so there's Scripture that we need to be able to go to whenever we're going through hard times just like David so that we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. Come on now. So whenever that avalanche of negativity hits us, the word of God is coming out of us, and that's how we deal with it, versus the sky is falling. Whenever mess hits us, we don't turn negative, we just start giving the words of God instead. You know, like, for instance, whenever we're overwhelmed, Romans 8.37 says that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That's, that's a good one to hang your hat on right there. Uh, what about in fear? Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yes. You're in fear? He's your salvation. Yes. We need to know that. 2 Timothy 1.7. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of what? Power. Love. Sound mind. Yes. Sound mind. Yes. We need to be operating in sound with a sound mind. Yes. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear only comes from the enemy. God's never given you a spirit of fear. And God's greater than your enemy. Remember that. What about whenever we got financial stress going on? Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all, all. Somebody say all. All "All my needs according to his riches. According to his riches. Whenever we got sickness going on, Psalms 103, 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. In the same way that David was cranking out the words of the Lord, we need to be able to spit them out as well. Y'all know this. Whenever COVID hit, Psalms 91.3 was our jam. He will rescue me from every trap and protect me from deadly disease. From deadly disease. Think about this. God's our refuge and strength. Psalms 46.1. A very help in times of trouble. This is what we need to get down inside of us if we're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And rather than our response being negativity, our response is the Word of God. Because let me tell you something, us speaking that will make a difference in our situation. Additionally, there's power in your tongue, death, and life come from what you speak. Amen? We've got to remember that as well. We've got to remember that as well. I think, honestly, some people may need to go on a little bit of a negativity fast. Because we put ourselves in situations where we're just hearing and seeing negativity constantly. What do I mean by this? It might be time for social media fast. It might be time to distance yourself from certain people in your life. It might be time to turn YouTube off. And I need to tell somebody something today. This is the way it works. And by the way, if you're on Facebook and you watch the reels, this is the way it works. Whenever you watch a video about a certain topic, YouTube tracks this and they feed you with more just like it. And then you get consumed with this mess. For instance, like on Facebook, on the reels, um, since I'm a drummer, I'll watch drum videos and get very depressed because these guys are amazing and I'm nowhere near as good as them. But as soon as I drop I watch one, more start coming in. And so it's just nothing but nothing but drum videos that it's targeting me to watch, right? Well I want you to know this. If if you're a YouTuber and you've been watching a video about some political conspiracy, yeah. then there's gonna be another one that's gonna be targeted right at you that's gonna be very similar. And before you know it, your mind is so full of this mess that you're not thinking right. Amen? So you may need a negativity fast, but we need to be consumed with God's goodness and not negativity. His goodness and not negativity. Once again, our thoughts have incredible power. But y'all, we have incredible power over our thoughts. Now now going back to the big four categories that we talked about earlier, did, did any stick out to you? I mean, if we were to just be real, can you say, Gene, one of those really kind of rung my bell? What, was it cynicism? Was it negative filtering? Was it absolute thinking? Was it blaming? In just a second, I'm going to declare these things. I'm going to speak it over all of us today, and, and, and I encourage you to put your amen on top of it. Y'all know whenever we say amen, it's what? So be it. And so I'm going to speak this over you. If you want to take a picture of what we're about to declare for yours. Maybe you need to just get this down in your spirit and let this be part of just whenever you spend time with God and just declare this over yourself. Let's do that today. So, so if you deal with relational cynicism and if you just say to yourself, I can't trust anyone, here's what I'm going to speak over. It's with God's help, I will get rid of all bitterness and skepticism. I choose to believe the best about others and be kind, compassionate, and loving. I'll love and I'll forgive others as Jesus has loved and forgiven me. Can we all say amen today? If it's negative filtering, God, by your power, I take every thought captive and make it obedient to the truth of Christ. Because you're good, I choose to think on what's good, what's right, what's true, what's helpful and worthy of praise as I trust in you your peace will guard my heart my soul and my mind come on somebody say amen today if it's absolute thinking as Jesus loved and accepted me I will love and accept others rather than always being right I'm called to be loving rather than just making a point I choose to make a difference in humility I choose to love others above myself amen if it's blaming if that's your struggle if you always feel that you're the victim God has given me a life mind of my own. By his grace, I will own my choices and choose God's best for me. I believe I have been given everything I need to accomplish everything God wants me to do today in Christ. I will overcome. Come on, somebody just say amen and give God some praise. Amen. Once again, y'all, the mind governed by the flesh is death, it's darkness, it's negativity. Understand that that comes from the enemy. John 10.10 tells us that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But our great God, Jesus Christ, came so that we can have life and have an abundant life. Amen. Amen. Once again, Romans 8, verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and it's peace. It's life and it's peace. Y'all, today, let's refuse to resemble the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. (laughs) Come on, somebody. We're in it, but we're not of it. Corinthians tells us to come out from among the rest and be ye separate. To be separate. I want to encourage you. If you feel like you're just beat down, if you feel like you're always negative, I want you to to start to observe people that are living an overcoming life. I won't tell you there's a lot of them in church alive. But listen to what comes out of their what comes out of their mouth. It makes a difference. You, You don't see negativity coming out of their mouths. You hear it's life and peace is what they're speaking. It's what they're speaking. Don't get swept up by what the news says y'all what your negative co-workers say by idle chatter as the word calls it don't don't fall into that trap don't get caught up into that stuff but let everything that comes out of your mouth y'all let it be full of joy let it be full of peace let it be full of love and as we begin to renew our mind as we get spend time with the Lord as we as we read his love letter to us then that's going to be what naturally comes out of us once again we we don't just fly through it we take our time we get it down in us begin to just ruminate if you will meditate on the word of god i want to go ahead and just remind you you're not a victim but you're a victor come on now a child of the king you are a victor and i want to encourage you to look for the good in people Come on now, look for the good in people. Rather than just pointing out the negative, look for the good in them. Remember, we're all human. Every one of us. And we've got to begin to have eyes to see people the way Jesus Christ sees people. We're all broken. <laughs> we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. If people need Jesus the same way that you and I needed him. see the good in people, amen? But I want to say this, y'all. We've got a reason to put a smile on our face every day. I know we go through seasons, and man, it feels like this life is just awful. But come on, let's just think about the end. I've read the end of that book, and we win. We win in the end. Amen? So just remember, your victory's coming. The words of Paul, the troubles of this world, they don't even compare. Don't even compare to the glory that we're going to experience. You might be in a rough patch right now speak life god's going to turn it around amen Amen. Amen. father we just declare today that lord we are not going to be conformed to the patterns of this world so father we're going to be transformed come on somebody say transformed transformed lord by the renewing of our mind Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.